Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We're joined today by the music composer for the film Instructions Not Included here on Film School today. The composer... Carlo Siliotto. Carlo, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Um, you have a distinguished career. You have written, composed for, between television and film, you've composed over 100 uh, scores. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the way you go about, your the way you craft a, 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 a film score in other words, do you work with a director before the film starts, or do you wait until the film is presented to you at completion? So generally, generally, you you know, um, you know, to be the composer for a movie while they still shooting or they still editing the movie. Okay, okay but you you come uh, as last. I mean, in the, in the process. So at the beginning of my career, I used to go to approach the movie little by little, or even going to locations to, to see the acting, to, and, you know, going to the cutting room to see rushes, to see, um, because I, I was new to this, uh, to this job, you know. Mm -hmm. oh, but now, definitely, after having a piled up uh, <laughs> and a certain number of, uh, yes. of movies and uh, by being experienced enough, I mean, I prefer definitely to see the first rough cut of the movie. So sometimes I even prefer not to read the script because the script goes in some directions and uh, has uh, some surprises. You will uh, find out uh, while the story goes on, you know. And uh, so the best thing for, for a composer, for me, in my case at least, is, uh, is to see the movie, the first, first rough cut of the movie mm -hmm. because you are a very privilege in the process of movie making you are the first audience for a movie mm -hmm. but the first one whom is asked to give back to the movie the feelings uh, the, the movie gives to you mm -hmm. uh, and um, and so I start from there uh, and and then I I I share I share my my feelings my opinions my points with, with the director or uh, and we start working together, spotting the movie together, and uh, and uh, and from there we go, and uh, that's it. Well, I, I'm sure every um, every director is a little bit different, um, but and you've worked with some uh, distinguished and well-known uh, directors. But how was it working with uh, Eugenio Derbez uh, in, in on instructions not included? It was it was very. I mean, we have been on the same page since the first moment with Eugenio. So we 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 never had a problem uh, of any of any kind. Mm -hmm. And the reason is not only because I think Eugenio knew exactly what kind of movie was doing, uh, and uh, and because of his. Uh, an 
enormous sensibility, you know, and, and stuff. But, but because Eugenio knew absolutely what the music, which part the music had to play in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which part was dedicated to the music in this movie. Mm-hmm. In other words, I do think that, uh, and I keep repeating this, this line, that uh, the music, music is the only actor you don't see, mm-hmm. but is a very, very powerful actor you have in a movie. Eugenio, the important, the important thing for, for a director and for a composer is the director to know which part exactly the, this actor has to play in, in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Eugenio knew exactly what the music, uh, which part the music had to play in the movie. So when we, and, and, uh, when we spotted the movie together in Mexico City, we found ourselves on the same page. I always ask to see the movie without any temp music, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be influenced influenced by, by temp music. Uh, I, I want to be able to propose uh, something, no? Some, propose something nobody thought about it before, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, so the, or, and so we did it. And, and when, in the second screening, we performed, I mean, the temp music too, we were exactly on the same page in terms of music points, in terms of uh, of what the music had to play and stuff. So, and, and then has been a pleasure because Eugenio is not only a great director, he is a great, great actor, and he is a great comedian. And the quality only comedians have is the sense of timing, mm-hmm. you know, the timing, mm-hmm. a yeah. big, big sense of timing, of rhythm, timing. And, uh, and Eugenio was uh, in this movie amazing in, in directing me about timing, about little changes of a few frames for a sink or for another sink, you know, but little, little changes, little details, which actually uh, have done the difference, I think. Now, now this was a, a film, Instructions Not Included, that is, it's got comedy and it's got some drama. Is there is there a genre? Is comedy easier to write for, or is drama, or does it really just depend on the film itself? You, you know, I I I'm telling you, um, I can repeat what what I just said. So once once you know which part the music yeah. has to yeah. play in the movie, drama or comedy or thriller or period or epic or whatever doesn't make a big difference you know or actually the, the, the contemporary movies or movies shot today they are they are a little more difficult because you have to compete with with the actuality you know mm-hmm. and the actuality is so strong while when i mean if you had, had the opportunity to score a movie which is completely a fantasy movie you know you have the freedom to do whatever you want because you're creating a fantasy world so mm-hmm. you can start uh, wherever you want and whatever way you choose to to select you know for you to go oh, but, but uh, so uh, movie movies who are which are very actual very related with with the with the, the actuality are a little bit difficult sometimes but uh, 
but there is no 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 difficult no no problem no troubles if if the director and you are on the same page uh, in, uh, in deciding which part the music has to play. Well, Carlos Siloto, you tell me a little bit about your background. I was reading up on you, and you started out as a uh, studying guitar and violin, and uh, you became. Yeah. A, tell me how you got in to the the business of being a, a film composer. Uh, the, the the story is this: I started as a, as a folk musician. Mm. So you know, you have uh, you have uh, the. the the, the, the flag in the United States for the folk music because because you have had John Lomax and then Alan Lomax uh, yes. search, searching folk music back in the time yes. and John Lom and Alan Lomax came to Italy at a certain point and befriended with uh, Diego Carpitella who started the same the same uh, actually the two together started recording music in Sicily old music I mean fisherman music mm -hmm. peasant music and stuff and I was part later dec decades later I was part with other people of a group called um, Instituto Ernesto de Martino, because this uh, Ernesto de Martino was another follower of Alan Lomax and Diego Carpitella, to sing folk music in Italy. So, to study the folk music and to sing the folk music back to the, the, in, in a new shape. I mean, in, 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 in... So, I started from there. But, at the same time, I studied at the Conservatory of Music. Mm. Because when I was a kid, I, I, I I used to go to to movie theaters to 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 see Fellini in order to to listen to the music of Nino Rota or to see Alfred Hitchcock to listen to the music of Bernard Herrmann, uh, and uh, and then after having been a performing musician, arranger, producer for years, when I was already 31, uh, I just and, and I had my first. Child, my, my first and only child. I decided that was the moment for me to to follow my dream, which was to be a composer for movies. So I I, I gave myself three years to become a movie composer, and uh, and I declined whatever other uh, kind of job, you know, mm -hmm. or. Um, arranging, composing for singers, performing. I I declined everything because I thought my my living has to come from being a composer. So I gave myself a deadline of three years. I mean I I had to accomplish that within three years and uh, so uh, I started from there and thank, and thank God uh, after one year and a half I had my first opportunity which was a series uh, for TV in Italy and I started from there now now so do, how does that process work you you have obviously you have the credentials having gone to a conservatory of music obviously you you've developed a background in traditional and pop music for or traditional music from your yeah. your own country did that help sell the producers and uh, the people involved on your ability to be able to do this did you present work to them how did how do you how do you get in that door um, the thing is my first my very first movie for my very first movie, actually, I had uh, nothing to present. Uh, I, I had written for movies, of course, yeah. you know, because. Uh, but 
thank God I had a group at that time playing kind of a Mediterranean Middle Eastern music. Okay. And, and the director was looking for a different kind of music to score Venice, Venezia in Italy. Yes. So he wanted to describe Venice in a different way, in a way, in, in, in a different never heard before, which wasn't the classic Vivaldi music or, you know, or something like that. But he, he wanted really Venezia to be told as um, as an Eastern place. So my music matches very well with this kind of idea. Gotcha. Thank God. And, yes. and, and it is, but, but I have to tell you that um, my experience, because I had the chance with, back in, in the 70s to tour the entire East Africa with my group. So I, I have experience of African music. I have experience of Middle Eastern music. I had the chance in this city, Los Angeles, to work for a Japanese movie. So to study Japanese instruments and to work with them, to write for Chinese instruments. And finally, back in 2007, I scored, I scored Nomad, the warrior, which was a Kazakh American movie. So I asked the producers to send, and the producer chose me because I had experience with traditional music. I asked them to send me over to Kazakhstan for me to study local instruments and for me to to get aware about local music, which I did. Amen. And I have had this amazing chance to to meet uh, every sort of musicians and uh, to come across every sort of instruments and orchestras and groups and write for them. Uh, that's that's amazing, it, it, and it is this journey into all these different worlds of music that it sounds like it keeps you engaged and excited about what you do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because because it is a way for me to travel, to meet people, to meet different cultures, people, and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're speaking with Carlos Siliotto. He is the composer, film uh, music composer for the film Instructions Not Included. Tell me a little bit, going back to your early days as a film composer and for television and for film, um, tell me a little bit about the first time you heard your music in a film on a movie screen in a theater. What was that? What, what, were you, what was going through your mind when you heard it? I, 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 of course, I, I felt like uh, the... The, the happiest man uh, <laughs> of the earth, you know. Oh yes, because it was it was a, a dream coming through. So it, it was exactly what was what I wanted to do, and uh, it was was for me so so amazing, amazing, amazing. So to be part of. Uh, uh, of the world uh, yeah. I, I have dreamt of, you know, so oh, it was amazing. And uh, despite all the, the you know, you, you always go to a movie theater and uh, and the sound is not perfect because sometimes the, the, the left channel doesn't work <laughs> as the right one. So there is a little difference. And I remember that I, I felt so, so happy to be there, to be, but I always said, 
had something to say about the sound. About <laughs> that. Now I'm accustomed with it. I, you know that you you go to a movie theater and and, uh, and eventually the, the the high frequencies sound yes. better than the low frequencies or that is too much in the middle or something. So you don't pay attention anymore to to it. You just think, okay, it's a different orchestra playing today. You know, and you go with it. But at the beginning, I was very very picky with the sound. I I could go mad if, uh, <laughs> in a movie theater or especially in a festival the sound wasn't good uh, as uh, as I had created I mean was uh, yeah did you did you always know that you had this ear for sound even as a child did you or young young boy did you realize that you were an auditory person is that is that a fair thing to say did you gravitate to the sound um, I, I remember exactly. I remember exactly the the moment in which I decided to be a musician, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it was uh, many years ago. The, and my mother brought me, I mean, to to a festival in in, in central Italy called Festival dei Due Mondi, two words festival, uh, with, um, in, in which I heard. Um, uh, for the first time, as first time in my life, a gospel choir singing, mm-hmm. he, and uh, and was the Black Nativity. The, they were would perform the Black Nativity. Gotcha. So so the, the, you know, sweet little Jesus boy, yes. he, he rise up, shepherd, and follow all these traditional gospels, and, and probably I hadn't seen. Till that moment, an African American, oh, and never in my life, because in Italy we we had we had no oh, oh, Americans so many. Yeah. We, I mean, it was a different period, and and I was I, I've been amazed by the beauty of the voices and the beauty of the choir, you know, and uh, and I remember this very traditional kind of audience in a very traditional kind of baroque theater uh, in a very traditional little <laughs> baroque city in the middle of it in the, <laughs> the center of Italy standing up you know and clapping <laughs> hands on rhythm with this group and I remember the tenor which I don't remember the name unfortunately I don't remember the name of his he was a great voice he was a blind man he was very big he, he wore a, 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 a a white robe, a very long white robe, and the choir behind was amazing, yes, amazing. Yes. And I came back with my mother, and I remember that night as a, uh, as a night in which I, I I did my best to to memorize all the songs I had uh, heard uh, in this performance. And and finally, my my birthday was coming and my mother asked me what do you want the bicycle or the guitar and I said the guitar <laughs> you know so but, but I, I know exactly that my unction because you know it's kind of an unction the music yeah. music is kind of a calling you receive yeah. at a certain point and my calling happened that day in uh, Spoleto center of Italy with this group which I don't remember the name of you know yeah. but they would perform 
these these beautiful traditional gospels from here. You know, that's a beautiful story, and uh, thank you for sharing that with me. I I I know what you're saying when there's certain kinds of joyous sounds that, especially for an American gospel, that just fills you up in not only just in your ears but in your heart and it's just an, it's an amazing experience it truly absolutely. is absolutely well i that leads me to uh congratulate you on being one of the selected uh film scores for um the academy award consideration this year Congrat- Thank you. congratulations on that Thank you. and uh, that's that's a, quite an i mean it's an honor and obviously well deserved uh this uh um i mean it would distinguish queer as yourself but uh uh, is, well, I'm going to ask you real quick, uh, or a question about, uh, obviously you're, you're Italian born. Um, it sounds like you've worked on a number of Spanish language films in the past, uh, and certainly, uh, with instructions not included. Yeah. Is that, pre- I, does that present any sort of, uh, any additional challenge or is it just the same? The, is, uh, I mean, again, I... again, is a kind of a gift to me. Yeah. Because when I scored uh, Nomad, the Kazakh American yes, movie, you were saying. That's right. the, the, the same American producer, Ram Berman, offered me this uh, little tiny movie uh, called Under the Same Moon, mm-hmm. La Misma Luna, yes. uh, directed by Patricia Regan. And, and uh, this movie is actually the, the, the first time, in, for this movie, because of this movie, I met Eugenio as the first time. We met uh, at the Sundance Film Festival where the movie was presented uh, as first time. And, um, and since then, uh, because La Misma Luna was such a successful movie. They kept calling me mm. from Colombia, from Mexico. I scored another wonderful movie, a Mexican movie called Tequila. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so as uh, El Cartel de los Sapos, which was last year official selection to the Oscars for Colombia. Uh, and then finally it came, uh, came instructions not included. My, my, my family is related with Spain. So mm. my, my mother's family came centuries ago from Andalusia to Italy. He, and Spanish is a language I speak fluently yeah. because of, because of her and because I love Spanish poetry, because I love the, the, the Hispanic culture in general, you know, or, oh, and the Latino American culture yeah. in general. Uh, so it, it was kind of meant to be. It's part of um, of my 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 world. Um, the, the, this uh, Spanish speaking part of uh, yeah. you know of the world, and uh, it's something I even have in my DNA in some ways. Uh, and uh, and I think uh, Mexicans are, are amazing. The, 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 there is a movie in the past which I loved a lot called uh, uh, One Day Without a Mexican. I don't know if you recall <laughs> this movie. Yes, I, I do. I didn't score that movie, but the movie was a comedy about the fact that one day all the Mexicans disappear <laughs> uh, from getting uh, from California, you know, and then yeah, you have California with no Mexicans. It would be different, you know. Oh, and uh, they, they, yes, they, they, they bring so much. I mean, this culture has brought uh, yeah. so so much to to all of us, not only in California, but in general. Uh, and uh, well, that's why I think yeah. someone else uh, writes for ballet or for for forms of art. They love. Uh, 
uh, a lot, uh, I happen to to be connected with uh, this culture. Well, well, Carlo, it, it's obvious that your your love of music has taken you around the world and, si, and has si. given to you, it's given back to you in so many ways, this love of what you do. And it's obvious in hearing what you're what you've talked to us today about that uh, this is uh, this is a joy for you and uh, I am so honored to have you here today and oh, I, I am honored uh, well uh, as well and uh, and I and I I wish you all the best uh, on Thank the upcoming uh, ward Thank season you. and and just in general um, really truly uh, an honor to talk to you so uh, again we've been speaking with Carlos Ciliotto, he is the director. I'm sorry, he's the composer. I could, I just uh, promoted you to director. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the composer of, of the uh, for the film uh, Instructions Not Included. Uh, it came out just a couple of months here uh, ago here in the U.S. Was one and of the became and became you know the Instructions Not Included became the first grossing Spanish spoken movie of all times in this country. Yes. The, the number four as a foreign film. Yes. Uh, the, the, the number one is uh, Crou- Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Uh, the second one is Life is Beautiful by Benigni. Yeah. The third one, the number three is Hero. And number four, We Are. Yes. You know, and the number and the first grossing Mexican movie in Mexico itself of all time. Yeah. So it has been a big, it became a big success, and no one, no, believe me, I'm not formal. No one of us was expecting something like that. Eugenio told me that one day he was sharing with his distributors here in America. Uh, you know, I would love to 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 do. So as La Misma Luna did, uh, you know, yeah. and they said, no, no, okay, La Misma Luna was such a the jewel, very peculiar movie. We cannot expect something like that, and we and we did much, much, much better than that, you know, nice. oh, which uh, which means a lot. I mean, La Misma Luna was a big success at that time, a very, very big success. I mean, an event, no, yes. such as uh, such as this one became an event. Uh, so, so it, it was out of every expect, uh, any possi- possible expectation of, of yes. us. Yes. Know? Well, it takes a village. Not only your, uh, the actors and the and the writers and the director and all that, but uh, we are so much taken, uh, even if it's subconsciously, by music in watching film. It's such an important part of the film uh, going experience, as you mentioned. Uh, Nino Roto and so many others, Bernard Herrmann, and uh, the list is on and on of films that have been enhanced so greatly by by the music that accompanies uh, the action and this and the dialogue. So thank you for being here, Carlos Silioto, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm all the best to you in, in all your future projects. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.